Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Chris Irvin. Now, Chris has been investing in property for a couple of years now, and he's got four properties up and running using different techniques. So I thought it'd be really helpful to share with you on the podcast how he secured those deals, the type of techniques he's using, and his experiences so far on his property journey. So, Chris, thanks for coming in to join us. No problem. Nice to see you. So, I guess... uh, Property investing, you've been doing it now for how many years? Uh, about four years um, with a kind of real focus on right. actually investing. And prior to that, what was what were you doing? So I, I'm still working in my uh, day job. So I work for Yamaha Music. Um, music's kind of one of my passions right. as well. Um, I have always had an interest in property. Um, so I kind of did a couple of flips without realizing I was doing flips. Right. Um, one of them you could probably even call a an assisted sale. It was my, my grandparents' house that my dad had inherited. Um, and I kind of came up with this idea that I would live in it for nine months and renovate it. And then we'd split the profits. Um, obviously, at the time, I didn't know that that was a strategy. Yeah. Um, if it hadn't have been for the uh, crash of 2008-9, it would have been very profitable. Um, unfortunately, it was actually worth more before I started than it was when I finished it. Mm. Of course, the nice thing was that the market had changed at the same time as well. So yeah. what I was able to buy afterwards with the profit was um, better than what I could have bought beforehand. Okay, yeah, true. So the, like, yeah, so if you sold it at a higher price, you'd yeah. have had to buy it at a higher price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But you sold it at a lower yeah, price but yeah, bought it at a lower yeah, price. Yeah, my dad still did okay out of it as well. Good, good stuff. Um, music, what are you doing music? So um, from a professional point of view, I'm, I'm kind of a marketing guy um, dealing in the live side of things. Um, from a personal point of view, I have quite a varied interest in music. I, I play bass in a, a, a band. We, we write our own music. Um, and I also write my own songs as well. Do you um, need a lead singer or anything? Definitely, definitely. Do you know anyone? Uh, no. <laughs> Supposedly the Irish can sing. I'm, I'm just not sure I can. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that's that's something I really love doing, and it's something that I would credit um, my journey in property to actually allowing me to develop. Because um, I guess I'm kind of a modest guy, and I, I don't feel like I'm very good. Um, but through kind of uh, the mindset growth that I've I've enjoyed over the last few years. Um, it's kind of just allowed me to let go a bit and just try stuff um, and also to leverage other people. So in my role, I know some incredible musicians. Um, so when I go into the studio to record stuff, rather than me trying to do everything, I'll actually pull people in that are much more talented. Right. And the results are excellent. Yeah, yeah. you've got to surround yourself with people that know things you don't know. Yeah. In yeah. a walk to life, yeah. yeah. You did those couple of flips sort of, I guess, what, early late 2000s, early 2010s? Uh, yeah, it was early 2000s. Um, so, yeah, the first one was just a house I bought and I did a little bit of light refurb yeah. on it, just kind of, you know, making things look nicer. Um, obviously, the property prices rocketed around that time, so we made quite a bit of uplift on that. Then I went and did the, the um, 
assisted sale where that sort of kept me busy for a year. Um, then off the back of that, I bought a family home with my uh, new wife at the time. Um, and we spent a few years kind of adding value to that. Um, right. Did a complete back to brick refurb on that, even took the roof off and put it right. back on. Um, so I learned quite a lot along the way. And then sort of four years ago, you decided you were going to buy and hold. Yeah, so it, it kind of happened by accident. Um, we, all, we lived in a semi-detached and it was, the, you know, really nice street. Uh, we bought the worst house in the best street. Again, something I didn't know about. We did it by accident. So we added quite a lot of value. But we always joked that if the neighbours ever sold, we'd buy their house and knock the two into one. Anyway, we found out from another neighbour that they were selling. So I went round and knocked on the door and asked, you know, how much do you want for the house? So direct to vendor. Direct to vendor. See all this stuff? I just, yeah. I just did. I didn't need progressive. I just did it all myself. <laughs> um, unfortunately, when I then spoke to my lender, um, they advised that they wouldn't lend on a adjoining property. Right. Um, so I went and told the, the neighbour and they said, oh, you should talk to our financial advisor. Um, so I did that. And that conversation was probably the the biggest eye opener for me ever because he he was the one that told me about leveraging, about remortgaging our house, mm. getting money out. He also advised that buying the next door neighbor's house was a ridiculous idea because mm. um, it had an awful yield on it. Um, so he he then put me on to um, my gold mine area, I suppose. We were living in a town called Leighton Buzzard, which is just south of Milton Keynes. Yep. Um, the prices there were pretty high and going up so the yield was very low uh, Milton Keynes was also similar but Northampton the next town along um, was a lot lower mm. purchase in price so we were we had an opportunity to um, fund three or four houses at the time um, unfortunately my wife didn't buy in um, not for the four full houses so we actually compromised and bought two right. um, this was this was about four years ago now, four and a half years ago. Um, of course, six months in, we bought the houses. They weren't BRRs, they were just ready to go. You know, we bought nice houses, tenant went straight in. Uh, they started making about 250, 300 pound a month profit each, um, which was okay for us. We're both working. Um, we didn't know about, you know, big yields and stuff like that. We were just kind of thinking for the future, I suppose. Mm. Um, but of course she saw the profit and then said, all right, can we get the other two now? And I'm yeah. like, well, we can't because we're locked into a five-year fixed mortgage. Um, anyway, we did a bit of jiggery-pokery. We took a bit of extra borrowing on one of the buy-to-lets, uh, managed to find one more deposit, bought our third property, uh, which again did really well, yeah. uh, moved the tenant the day I bought it, actually, the yeah. day we completed the tenant moved in. Uh, at what point did you find Progressive? So this was this was quite a turn of events actually. So this was two thousand and eighteen. Um, we we bought the third property, um, and my marriage then fell apart, unfortunately. Um, so I went through quite a quite a turbulent time. Um, I went off the rails, if I'm honest. Uh, put the whole property thing to one side and just um, yeah, just dealt with life. Um, and I was just coming through the, the back of that um, and I remember having a chat with my uh, then boss. We were walking around the lake and um, I was asking his advice, what would you do? Because I had to make a decision whether to 
keep the rental properties or whether to keep the the, the residential house oh, yeah. where I was living um, I politely asked my wife to leave um, and we were sharing our children so it was still their family home and I, right. I did have quite a lot of mixed feelings about whether to keep their home or whether to think more towards the future and about building a bit of a legacy for them anyway after flip-flopping my mind for quite a number of years um, well for about 18 months I then had this conversation with my boss and he said keep the house definitely keep the house you can find more property rental properties later down the line mm. and about half an hour later I made my decision to sell the house <laughs> and keep the portfolio um, not because his advice was bad it was just it just made things very clear for me it was, it yeah. was the conversation I needed to have um, this was January 2020 right that very same week, um, by sheer coincidence, I saw an advert. I don't know if it was on Instagram or, or Facebook, but it was for Progressive uh, Masopi. Um, and I signed up for it, and that was in February right. 2020. That's the Multiple Streams of Property Income yeah. 3D event. Yeah. yeah, that was down in London. So I signed right. up for that. Um, and I went there, and I vowed that I wasn't going to spend any money. Um, by the end of the Friday, I'd signed up to Anne Holton's course, and by the end of the Sunday, I'd signed up to VIP. So yeah. my uh, my willpower of not spending any money was uh, pretty awful. Um, but I never looked back. I never looked back. I think a month later, I came to, um, it was an event that yourself and um, the other Kevin did, and I signed up to your No Money Down then. Yep. Um, which I wasn't able to do for quite a, while, a long yeah. time, actually. Yeah. yeah. So we did an online one at one point. Um, mm. Yeah, because the lockdown, all that happened at that point then. Yeah, the lockdown happened. And about a month into the lockdown, um, Rob launched the Emergency Mastermind, mm. uh, which was the Sunday evening, yeah. six-month um, course, which was, that was absolutely the best thing I've ever done. That was brilliant. That got people through the pandemic, didn't it? It got us through the pandemic, yeah. but for me and the timing, it was just it just helped me in so many areas of my yeah. life. It was a real kind of mindset thing. And to have access to all the different mentors and all their different strategies and just the different uh, learnings and also the, the mentees within that group as mm. well. You know, we're, we're all still friends. Mm. You know, I've joined lots of WhatsApp groups through, through the different property strategies mm. I've done, but that's kind of the one group that's still mm. very much active. I think that's something that I come across a lot with people when I speak to them is. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started.
Um, the training is the training. Obviously, it gives you the knowledge and there's loads of content and you learn lots of stuff. That's a given. But one of the things that keeps coming back to is the people you meet. Yep. So how, how important has other progressive pr property mentees, other students been to you, to your journey, to helping you, you know, keep going and, and overcome challenges and just be there for you, etc. Uh, it's been the best. I mean, there's, there's such a diverse mix of people that I've met. You know, there's some that are absolutely smashing it. Uh, there's some that started um, with, with nothing and they've accelerated really quickly. Um, there's others that have done very little, but they're still doing this. They're, they're still going, they're still trying. Um, and there are a few that have just disappeared and you wonder where they are. Um, but yeah, I've, I've made some amazing friends. Um, but I think what I would, what I take away the most from it is just the inspiration you get. You know, certain people, and it's not necessarily the ones that are absolutely killing it. It's just the, the different attitudes that you see. Mm. Um, you can draw so much from it. And those yeah. that are willing to help as well. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people that are so generous with their time yeah. and their knowledge. Um, and just, you know, putting the proverbial arm around you when times are hard. Yeah. But also, from an individual perspective, being able to um, actually reach out to them and ask for yeah. help. I think for me it's so so critical because it keeps you going when you'd otherwise potentially maybe quit on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. So uh, your property. So you've got you've you've got the uh, the initial property's got. You've got another property now. Um, strategy wise. So what have you done with the properties? Because when you started back at four years ago, it was single let buy to let. Yeah. So what are you are you still running them as single let buy to let? So what are you doing with your properties? So I I've now got four. Four properties that I own. Um, two of them are run as standard buy-to-lets. Um, one of them I manage privately. Um, the other one is still with the agent, but I will be taking that back soon um, because no disrespect to agents in general, but my particular agent aren't doing anything. <laughs> um, I speak to the tenant directly, so whenever mm. there's a problem, we just sort it out directly. Um, the, the third buy to let, I have actually um, let to a tenant buyer now. So um, this, this kind of happened off the back of a disaster. So back in December 21, um, which is coming up to a year ago now, isn't it? Um, I, I had a tenant just abandon the property. Like uh, the rent didn't get paid on the 1st of December and I phoned the agent and uh, they said, oh, um, we'll follow it up. And then they called me back and said, oh, the tenant's just been in and handed the keys in. She's moved out. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. um, so I went round to the property and found it in a really bad state. Um, I actually posted on the Progressive site, so there is pictures of it, how it was left. Loads of furniture left there, loads of damp everywhere. Um, and I was obviously a month's rent down. Mm. Um, with no notice to remarket it either. I was skint as well at the time, so I had no money to, to put things right. Um, I was in a bit of a pickle, to be honest. Um, so I took, took a bit of time to kind of work out what I was going to do. I managed to borrow some funds from my dad and a good friend of mine. Um, managed to put the property right during January, and I made the decision that, off the back of that, I was actually going to do 
um, the tenant buyer strategy, which is something I learned from yourself. Um, and it's something I feel really passionate about, about helping people get onto the property ladder. So I, I followed your marketing advice. I made a homemade sign and stuck it on the side of the wall of the house. Um, the neighbor came out and laughed at me and my mate who was with me helping me laughed at me. And um, sure enough, um, before the before the next evening, the phone had already started ringing. I also put a, a post on um, the local renting Facebook group. And between the two, I ended up with about 48 phone calls. You can laugh at the neighbor now then. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, especially with the tenant I've put in there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the structure of the deal? How does it work? So what, the structure of the deal, um, so the guy... Um, it was a classic case of somebody that has a good job, um, but has bad credit. He, yeah. he had a previous relationship, ended up with a CCJ. Yeah. Uh, so he can't get a mortgage for a number of years. CCJ, for anyone listening, County Court Judgment. So, yeah. yeah, I'm glad I said it right, actually. Yeah. I sometimes say CSD and things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he he's in there for seven years. Um, we've we've agreed an uplift on the, on the purchase, so I, I bought the property originally at 194. It's currently valued around 230-235. He's buying it in seven years for 260. Um, I have no doubt that the property would be worth way more than that in mm. seven years' time. But from my perspective, I actually advertised it as a five-year mm. deal, um, but his situation One needed seven, seven years. Um, so I was like, okay, that's that's great for me because it means I get another two years uh, rent paid. Um, I got a, a nice little uplift on the rent I was getting, so an extra £200 a month on the rent I was getting, um, which from his perspective is great because it's fixed for seven years. I'm not intending to put the rent up. Um, from my perspective, I no longer have to pay the agent's fees. Mm. I no longer have to cover um, maintenance or the, the yeah. cosmetic maintenance, and I don't have to worry about voids. Yeah. So what it's actually done for me is a, taking away the stress of have I got the right tenant in there? Um, B, it's more than doubled the income I was making off of that property. Mm. And C, I don't know what C is. <laughs> yeah. C is you're smiling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And you said about 260, you mentioned a valid point there of it's, I'm selling it to him for 260 in seven years and I have no doubt it'll be worth more. Yeah. But then you mentioned that you're, you've doubled your income, so there's no voids, yep. so you're not worried about any more um, empty periods, yep, so absolutely. that's income. Yeah. There's no management fee, so you're saving money with the letting agents every single month. And the rent, you're getting a, quite a couple of hundred quid more than you were? Uh, more than that, actually. It's yeah. about £300 a month more. Right. So £300 a month over 12 months is 3600 three and a half grand a year. Yeah. For seven years is twenty-five, six grand-ish. Mm. So that's 26-ish grand that you would be able to add on to the purchase price, which makes it maybe, it's 260, but yeah. you've made 26 grand that you would have not made from a tenant, yeah. which is kind of means it'd have to be worth over 286 to lose, yeah, yeah. but there's still no voids, no maintenance, no management fees, no hassle, yep. solved your situation. Um, and help somebody out. And help somebody out. So if you're looking at a property strategy that can help people, maybe tenant buyer is something that you could do. Yeah. Um, are you going to do more of them? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So my my big vision is to is to just basically um, do as much tenant buyer as I can. Um, obviously, I can't buy all the properties myself, but what I found is there's a lot of 
A lot of people I've been talking to, some of them are friends, some of them are colleagues. They really love the strategy. Mm. Some of them love it because they want help getting onto the property ladder. Yeah. Others have got money that they are interested to invest and they really like the idea that they can make a good return and uh, help somebody get on the property ladder as yeah. well. And been able to show people a, a case study example of one you've done as well has really helped. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. kind of the turning point for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You've also done serviced accommodation recently? Yeah, so that's that's another interesting um, kind of change of direction for me as well. So the sort of last quarter of last year, I had another property which I'd recently purchased. It didn't need a lot of work doing, it just needed a bit of a light refurb. A couple of the rooms needed plastering. Um, I, was, I was getting towards the end of it, um, and at the same time, I was trying to purchase another property which really run down. It was a BRR, um, or it's going to be a BRR, so buy, refurbish, refinance. Um, needed a very heavy refurb. Um, because of the state of the property, it wasn't mortgageable at the time. I had to get bridging finance to, to fund it, which um, requires some very specific surveys. Um, surveys were done and brought up a couple of potential problems, which the bridging company didn't like. Um, right. So I then had to get... Um, get an architecture to go around and or a structural engineer to go around and look at it. Um, in the meantime, the the vendor and the state agent were getting very twitchy. And when I said I need to get a structural engineer to go around, they they kind of lost their patience and pulled out on the deal, um, which for me was pretty terrible because I'd already refinanced two two of my own properties early. So I'd paid redemption penalties right. to, to release some funds to, to, to buy the deposit. Um, and I'd paid for the surveys and I'd paid the, the broker the first instalment on the um, commercial finance. The deal which I lost cost me around 6K, um, which I'm, I'm quite a planner. So I've got this very kind of um, detailed... Um, business plan or financial plan or life plan whatever you want to call it and this hiccup really threw me back um, from a financial perspective and also from the number of properties I wanted mm. to own um, so I had to make a quite bold decision of what to do with this um, uh, buy to let that I was currently in the final stages of refurbing because if I was going to do it as a buy to let, I could have just done it straight mm. away and let it out, made my two hundred pounds a month, and you know, made a tenant happy. Um, or I could risk a bit more and furnish it as a, a service accommodation and see how it got on. Now the problem I had was it was just a very typical terraced house in the middle of Northampton. Not a particularly nice street. Not a particularly nice area. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Um, so what I did, I, I teamed up with a guy um, who does service accommodation in the Milton Keynes area. Um, he was a guy I'd met two years previously at um, my first PPN, actually, Progressive Property Network event. Um, and I just said to him, can you can you analyse this deal and see, see if you think it would work? Mm. Um, and he did. And he was like, yeah, I think it's going to work. So So we went for it. Um, this was finally ready on February the 5th, I think it was, we went live. Right. By the 7th, we had our first tenant move in. Um, for the first four months, I think we had, we were operating on about 97% occupancy. Wow. So it, it absolutely blew my mind. And it, 
it turned turned my finances around massively in january with the with the previous property i mentioned the tenant buyer yeah. one and this one both being empty i had five uh four properties two of them were empty for a good three four months um plus all the building yeah. costs and the furnishing costs i'd borrowed so much money um i had credit cards that needed paying um tax bills that needed paying as well and i was on my knees um you know at one point in january i was thinking i might just need to sell sell up and get out um, so for this to turn round quite quickly um, was it was amazing. It really was amazing. I was quite quite emotional about it. I remember um, at the uh, PPA, the Progressive Property Academy, getting up. Um, it was the first time I'd got up on stage, and I, I sort of um, put my hand up and said, "Oh yeah, I've had a challenge and a success this month," and told everybody what I'd done. Um, and it was great, you know to see the reaction, um, but also to tell the story of how bad it was. Mm. Because I think I think there's a lot of people that are very happy to tell you when, when it's, it's good. good. Mm. Um, but it was it was a pretty dark mm. time. I was just really grateful, you know, I had, I had my best friend from school who was able to lend me some money, my dad was able to lend me some money. Mm. Um, and I actually paid them both back this week um, yeah. from the profits, so. One of the reasons I wanted to interview as well and talk to you on the podcast is share this story because um, a lot of people think properties get rich quick and you just learn about property and everything is going to go smoothly and etc yeah, yeah. but it's challenges it's it's obstacles and that's why i always say to people right from the first time they meet me your mindset's the key bit mm. because the mindset is what will keep you going in the difficult times and the people around you so i guess with all of those challenges and wanting to quit what what would you say to anyone who's maybe struggling at the moment on their property journey? Maybe they've tried to get going, they're struggling to get that first deal through, or they maybe have a deal but they've had a problem tenant, or something's not going quite how they hoped it would or expected it would. What sort of advice would you give them? Breathe. Um, seek seek advice from people around you, people that know what they're doing. Not Not just people around you, you know, Bob down the pub, don't talk to him because he doesn't know. Um, he might know, but he probably won't. Um, yeah, and just look at all the options. I mean, the, the serviced accommodation story for me was was great. I had no intention of doing serviced accommodation. I still have no intention of doing it, um, but I leveraged somebody that I know that does it, who, yeah. I, who I trust. Work smart. Um, and we've also done a JV um, uh, rent-to-rent as well together since. Right. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. Make use of the people around you. What about anyone who's listening to this and thinking, oh my God, um, lost six grand on a, a deal that you were hoping to buy and didn't buy, etc. Yeah. Property sounds really risky. I'm not going to get going. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just continue to do what I'm already doing. Um, I'm going to stay where I am. What would you say to anyone who's thinking, you know, is it... <laughs> Why, why would you keep going having lost money in a deal? Um, I don't want to do that too. Um, well, it comes down to what, what you want to do as a person, I suppose. I, I've always played life quite safe, I think. And over the last three or four years, I have, I have changed the direction of how I think. Um, I've become a lot more ambitious. I, I still believe I'm quite cautious. I know there's a lot of people in the property game who who are going very quick. You know, yeah. I've seen loads of them fly past me, um, 
but I have I have a plan and it's on target. So the other thing I didn't mention was um, by doing these two deals, I actually hit my financial goal for 2022 in April. Awesome. So in April of 22. In, in April of 2022. So the rest of the year is now gearing up to getting ahead for 2023, um, and that was to equal my salary through property. Um, so it was no. It was no small goal. So even with all those setbacks, with all those challenges, property I always say is a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's you always so have it's challenges. Yeah. Um, is it worth it? For me, it's worth it. In yeah. what way? The challenges are actually what makes it interesting. I think if if there was no challenges, yeah, it would be great because you could make money out of it. But it would be quite boring. Mm. Um, so I think it is that you get a great buzz from it. When stuff goes right, you do get a great buzz from it. Um, the one thing I would say, which was something I experienced when things did go right for me in February and March, um, I, I didn't have anybody to share that success with at the time. I didn't have a partner at the time that I could share that with. Um, I found that really lonely. I find when things are going bad for you, if you've got your masterminds and you've got your mentors and stuff, you, you do have people that you can lean on. Yeah. Um, but what what really struck me as odd was when I when I did have this success and I, I had the bottle of champagne that I won from you actually. Right, yeah. Um, I didn't have anybody to drink it with. So I held on to it. And I, I have met a lovely lady since and, and we've we've enjoyed that together. But um, yeah, having somebody or people to share it with is is really key, key to the for journey. Me. Yeah, anyway. I think this is for everybody is trying to go through life uh, alone in anything. Uh, I tried doing property alone at the start, and it's hard. Yeah. Because but and being around those like-minded people, it just gives you a boost, and Absolutely. and and that be people at masterminds, yes. But obviously, when you go home, it's good to have people around you at home as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, what's next then? You said you've set your goal. You've hit your goal for 2022 already. Now it's setting up for 2023 and yeah. getting ahead. What's the 2023 four and onwards goal? Where is Chris going? So I want to develop the, the tenant buyer business is kind of my long-term strategy. Um, I do enjoy the service accommodation side of things now. I really love setting up the properties. I've got a great interior designer I'm working with. So um, we kind of share the, the labor side of things, um, but she's she's got a lot of the vision. And then I, I, I'm quite creative as well. So I throw in a few ideas, but I really like that. I obviously like the cash flow it brings. I, I am a little bit skeptical that I think it's a, um, I think the government are going to um, change They're how that um, little piggy bank works at some point. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at properties with, will it SA today and can it be a tenant buyer tomorrow? Yeah. Because the nice thing with doing that as well is you can, you can build up some equity in the property whilst it's serviced accommodationing. Um, and then when you get to the point of doing it as a tenant buyer you've already built up that buffer of equity mm. so when you do say okay this is what it's worth today this is what you can buy it for in three five years time there's there's a significant jump there so you, you can make a bit of money on it um, I'm looking to do that with investors so I've got a few investors I'm talking to at the minute um, friends and family um, some of them are obvious choices others were people that oh i didn't know you knew what i was doing um so that's that's something that i know a lot of people in this community would say is tell people what you do yeah. you really don't know who's looking at what mm. you're doing 
So if you're not telling them what you're doing, they're never going to know. Never going to know. Um, one of the nicest things I like is, and it's happened a few times, I'll just be walking down the street and somebody will just jokingly say, oh, what are you up to? You're off to buy another house or you're running a marathon or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you've, you've never commented on any of my posts before. Mm. So, because I think there is a little bit of a vanity when you post something on social media. It's like, if you don't get much of a response, you, you consider it a failure. Um, but yeah, in the background, there are people. Watching. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What's what sort of top two or three tips would you give people who are thinking about getting started in property? Oh, it's loads of stuff. So for me, I'm a big planner. So I have my uh, I have my long term plan where I want to be in the future. I have my mid term plan where I want to be in three years time, and I have my short term plan, which for me I'm using a book called the Twelve Week Year. Yeah. So I've got my my next three months all mapped out, um, prioritizing my goals. And each one of these goals um, is kind of a stepping stone to get towards the big picture. So that would be my first bit of advice is have a plan, write it down, because once it's written down, it becomes a lot easier to, to focus on. Um, the second bit of advice I would give is linked to that. And it's about do something every day, however small it is, that moves you forwards towards where you want to be. Mm. Um, you know, there's that famous Chinese saying about one step, or well, this is the first step of the thousand mile walk. Yeah. Whatever, I can't remember. I absolutely I know what you that mean. saying, didn't I? Yeah. And I like to think of it as walking up a mountain. If you're going to walk up a mountain, you don't look at the summit and say, oh my God, you know, there's such a big task. But if you just look at the first base and make your way towards the first base, then it, it's a, a bite-sized chunk. Yeah. It's very, it's very doable, um, and also to celebrate that. You know, when you get to that, celebrate it because you have to enjoy the journey. If you're just waiting to get to the summit before you celebrate, you might die. You might die on the way, and then what was the point? Yeah. So you know, have a little dance on the way. Have a little bottle of champagne. Um, enjoy it. Definitely. Find accountability whether that be in yourself. Um, I use social media primarily to hold myself accountable. I tell people what I'm intending to do, especially on my health and fitness. Um, because if I, if I don't do that, it's so easy to not train. Don't do it. Uh, but if I tell people, oh, I'm doing this challenge and I'm training towards it, if they know I'm doing that and I don't do it, then I feel like an idiot. Um, so yeah, Find accountability, whether that be in, in yourself or with a mentor, with a mastermind group. Um, yeah, that would probably be my, my awesome. key piece of advice. Well, we've been, that's felt like a few minutes. We've been talking for almost an hour, probably 45-ish minutes. So that's, I think the audience, everyone's going to absolutely love this episode because it's going to resonate with a lot of people who face challenges. And one of the reasons I want to bring you in here is it's great to share all the great stories of great results and stuff, but property is challenging at times and it's about keeping going through those challenges so well bloody done it's been a pleasure for me to get to know you over the last couple of years and i know this is just the beginning for you but for other people to get to know you how can they reach out to you how can they follow you how can they keep track of your journey so where do they go uh, best place to get hold of me is on facebook so it's chris irvin on facebook and you'll, you'll find me uh, i'm in the progressive property community as well from time to time
Awesome. So you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. We are out every single Tuesday. Also, go to the Progressive Property community. There's over 40,000 property investors in there on Facebook. Join the community and meet like-minded people just like Chris. I'm in there as well, giving advice and support all the time, as is people like Chris and many others. You've been listening, as I said, to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonnell. He's been Chris Irving. You've been amazing, and I'll see you next time.